Welcome to Machine Learning. A few months ago, I talked about extreme ownership, Jocko. And I've been reading his book on extreme ownership. And one of the things that he talks about is that a good leader analyzes the mission. And through analyzing the analyzing the the mission, he comes up with a plan, and then effectively communicates that plan to his men. What I see in business is something similar. That the good leaders analyze their mission, and then they begin to formulate a plan, and they communicate effectively the goals of that plan. That makes them a very good leader. And it's amazing how easy it is as a leader to become distracted forget what the key objectives are and to get caught up into day-to-day -day operations and then fail to communicate the plan on a consistent basis with their men. And so what happens is there, create, there becomes confusion confusion in the direction for performance, focus becomes distracted, becomes distraction, and performance becomes idleness, complacency, the enemy of action is complacency. And so there has to be this pursuit of excellence but that has to that can only occur when you have a good leader there are no bad employees they're just bad leaders and so if you have poor performance you have to look at the leader as the root cause of that poor performance and it's probably something that he's done that's created confusion and that confusion is working to their detriment. I remember on one occasion a boss um, communicating an idea but it became confusing what he wanted us to do. And then when it didn't occur, he challenged the uh, challenged the his authority. It was a challenge to his authority. 
Well, some people are verbal learners. Some are written learners. We all have different strengths and weaknesses. And I'm definitely not a verbal learner. I can pick up on concepts fast, but a lot of times I have to reflect in order to get the information back correctly. It's a necessary part of focus and process. And so without asking why something happened, he jumped to conclusions. I think that the, one of the most important things you have as a leader is the ability to listen. You can't listen to your troops and what they're saying to you, then you're not going to survive in business or on the battlefield. That ability to take a step back, look around, analyze, think, and then speak is critical. Um, I've learned that in my family. Not to jump to conclusions, not to have always have all the answers. In fact, to rarely have the answers and don't give advice. Advice is terrible unless asked for. That's called consulting. And when you consult, charge large amounts of money for your advice. But free advice is just that, noise. Wait till you're asked for advice, and you'll be much more effective as a leader. I've thought about the power of leadership, what what one person can do in any organization when there's extreme ownership, and it's amazing. You literally can transform an organization by having and recruiting the right talent. I watched this movie called All My Sons, and he was a very brilliant basketball coach. He did things by numbers. And he used those numbers to get the right configurations of players, and then he drove those players um, to the edge in far as conditioning, strength, and mental tenacity. And as a result, he was able to create high-performance teams, one man capable of transforming an organization, and he did that twice, once in Tennessee and once in South Dakota, and became the most winning coach in NCAA history, passing Bobby Knight. I imagine Bobby Knight was also 
extreme ownership coach. I've been thinking about that role as coach. Um, did he did he his uh, personal drive cause the team to do better, or was it his analysis and planning? Well, let's go back to this analysis and planning. One of the big things for analysis and planning is information gathering. And that is such a critical part of business today, <coughs> is information gathering. If you don't have information, how are you making your decisions? Email, phone call. <laughs> what form <coughs> does that information arrive? What about predictions? Are you making predictions from based on the information? If you're not making predictions based on the information, how can you know how to improve performance? It's interesting because I... Um, have been starting to aggregate get data, put it in a higher form where it's more business friendly, and as a result, I have been doing a lot of data cleansing and passing that information on to the uh, users. And what I'm finding in this process is that there is a tendency to not want to know the information because the information could represent risk or it could represent uh, work. And my response to that is it didn't change what was in the information. It didn't change the fact that, that those transactions exist in the organization. And so perhaps the answer is it depends on the manner in which the information is presented. Because you can't really fix your organization. You're powerless to fix your organization. Rule number one. Only good leaders fix organizations. Workers don't fix organizations. So that's the number one thing I take away from Jocko's uh, extreme ownership is that good leaders have the power to transform an organization. And from that, I take uh, I take my I salute him. I, that's a, a gesture of respect. Thank you, Jocko. I don't know if you'll ever listen to this podcast. It's very different from podcasts that you talk on. 
Well, you've had the responsibility of leading men into battle where their lives depend on your analysis. In business, business leaders, people's employees' careers depend on that leader's analysis, his strategic initiatives to lead that organization. Because without those plans and mission, there's no jobs. And as strange as it may sound, on the battlefield, you have a job to do. And so it's up to the leaders to decide what that job is. And that job may not be fun. It may require personal sacrifice. But why make the job dumb? Use the data to understand what is happening in your environment. (coughs) Use the machine learning to to find the anomaly. Because what I did was find the anomaly. And in business, I'm starting to wonder if anomaly detection is critical. And my answer to that is, Yes, absolutely. Anomaly detection is critical. On the battlefield, watching for outliers is critical. If you had 100 men, but you didn't, didn't notice the sniper on the hill, it, you could lose all your men before you achieved your mission. So analyzing the outlier cases is critical to determine whether or not there's a threat. Same in business. If you don't watch your competition and a disruptive technology begins to emerge and then you see adoption and a maturity, by the time you see maturity and begin to react to that threat, it's too late. You haven't adapted to the situation. So, in business, we do a lot of analysis on time series. You take your data, put it into a a, uh, dense layer network. You analyze it with an LSDM. And you set up your sequencing by doing a look behind or look ahead in your data, which works like a windowing, and then you get a classifier that can predict based on the historical data in the past. And the LSTM performs fairly well. The more regular or periodic your data in your time series, the more accurate the LSDM can become.
And so that's one reason I, when I do my analysis of stocks, is that I look for stocks that are trending upward. The investors are optimistic and excited about the management and the opportunities that exist with the company. And they pay a dividend. They have an er a real earnings. And that's my formula for selecting a company that's worthy of receiving money from me. Now, we can also apply that time series analysis to the battlefield. And it may be that you're analyzing areas that are key strategic defensive areas. In his book, he talks about they had a area, a um, they had a command center, and the enemy was able to get close enough to that command center to lob a grenade. So they needed to build a perimeter, and the perimeter required lots of work, lots of time. They still had the regular missions to accomplish, and then they had to help on their personal time to build the perimeter. And building the perimeter meant understanding the behavior or actions of the, the enemy. And so once they built the perimeter, they were able to secure their command center. Now that's important in, in business is understanding what are the perimeter of operations. What are the things that must stay operational and how to keep those processes functional. <clears throat> And that requires monitoring. So you use the systems that are monitoring processes and watching for error in those systems and assuming that things are going to change on you, that things are going to break. And I spent a couple of days this week analyzing code that was integrating between Active Directory and code that was integrating between Procore. Two different scripts in one week. And what I realized is that there were areas where the code did not handle the errors 
But I looked in my logs, and I was seeing those errors. And so I went and talked to another coworker about that back, and we cleaned up some of the data, and then based on those observed errors, added additional rules. And that's the way of business intelligence, AI, is that you're going to get new rules that are going to change outcomes and change the performance of a process. So it's a continuous improvement process. Continuous improvement is something that probably comes from the 80s. I don't know. Today it's called uh, Agile. But it's a constant reaction to change. And so the more organic we look at change, meaning it's going to grow, it's going to transform, it's going to take on certain new characteristics, it's going to maintain certain older characteristics and root characteristics. But any company that moves from a startup to a medium-sized company knows that there's big change that occurred, survived the uh, failure of a startup, survived the potential for bankruptcy, received a second round or third round funding, and are moving forward. If you think about the operation as setting up perimeters, understanding what are critical processes, and then focusing on those critical processes as part of the mission, as a leader, you will lead your men to effectively use their time to produce things of value to the organization. And without that effective communication and leadership, organizations will struggle, things will not run as smooth, frustration levels will increase, blame will be pointing the finger at others and not taking ownership for your processes. We all have a hula hoop around us. Can only do so much. An employee can only do so much. A leader can only do so much. A CEO can only do so much. He answers to the board. 
owners can only do so much. They can't actually do the work. They depend on employees to do the work. So you see, we all have our limitations. Well, one thing we want to do is keep things simple. Reduce down the focus, focus on things of highest value, and then deliver that value to the organization. And that is the way to win. There has to be a better way. One time in my career, I thought it was possible to survive in the organization as an employee by doing good work. But today, I realize that that is not true because employers do not necessarily recognize effective programs unless they are marketed on those programs and they are willing to participate in them. And for that reason, I've realized that you really want to work for companies that have good leadership because they will provide the opportunities, the tools, and the safe environment to work in. In Jocko's world, there were a lot of risks. Enemy combatants were shooting at him. Unpredictable results could occur if he made attempts to cross over into enemy territory to rescue a fallen comrade. But yet, he cooperated within the realms of safety. He didn't take unnecessary risk. And when they did take a risk, their training and their focus, working as a group, helped them across enemy territory. They could react faster than the enemy. They were harder to predict their behavior for the enemy and they managed to rescue the fallen comrade and make it back and tell the story. But even in those scenarios where heroics proved to be value, there were times where simplicity of the actions were challenged by his commanders and risk was a factor in their thinking and he was able to see from their perspective how to improve and make better decisions in the future. 
have to learn as employees to be willing to submit to our leaders. Even if they're a bad leader, we can't go and say, you're a bad leader. That's one of the things I found in his beginning of his talk was they had a bad leader and the men didn't like it and they got in front of the admiral and the admiral said this sounds like mutiny and mutiny is a court court martial offense they could have lost their commissions and they felt they had to say something They did facilitate change, but it came at a high risk. They could have also lost their job. So I guess the the message there is if you're dissatisfied with your leader, go find a new job, because I don't think you're going to change your leader. So go find the company with the great leadership, and that's the company you should work for. Again, that's advice. That's free advice. So, you know, you're not asking me, so I'm talking to myself rhetorically. I'm not talking to you on this. I'm reflecting on my own situation. So when I say you, I should change that to one would think that they could find a way to do better. So you may work for special forces now, but you might switch over to another branch branch of the special uh, of the military forces in Jocko's world move from being a marine to an army guy or from an army guy to an air force guy or air force to navy that's also true you might switch from being in manufacturing. I was in manufacturing for a long time. Now I'm in construction. Maybe the next move would be to switch to healthcare. Because maybe healthcare has more opportunity. I don't like healthcare because I think that there's no money from government for health care, and so they're anemic in my view. I'm really disturbed about the fact that in America, food prices are so expensive. In other parts of the world, 
food is cheaper. Meals are cheaper. Restaurants are far cheaper in Europe than in America. What has happened with food costs in America? Things have become expensive. Well, let's go back to let's go back to um, extreme ownership. It's going to be painful, he says. Jocko says ownership of the problems in the organization is painful. But if you are able to power through those problems and build solutions, it's very empowering. You're going to feel liberated. You're going to feel powerful. And things are going to look good. And your unit it's going to perform very well. And things that are were distracting will be removed and you'll run smoothly as a team. I've always hesitated about team dynamics because I've always been a solo guy. I like to do things on my own. And I like to build my own software. I like to build my own books and influence other people. One thing I've noticed as I've brought up different ideas, who the real decision makers are in an organization. And even though you might have the title, it doesn't mean you're the decision maker. And so when I've proposed different ideas, I've noticed who was talking in the room when I proposed the idea, and that person became the decision maker, regardless of their title. And that may be that they are the individual who can approve and support your idea or disapprove and inhibit your idea. That's an important dynamic to remember because they may be able to help you build your idea, help you build your direction. That might be an alliance that you form with that person. That might be a dynamic that helps you get that win. They might be important to your strategic success in the organization. 
and also understanding what your organization is, the the ischemology, what is, focusing on what is important and interesting to the dynamic of an organization is critical. Well, last thoughts. My last thoughts are leadership is the essence of organizations. Management direction and accountability starts at the top, not at the bottom. If I fail as an employee, my boss takes the accountability for that failure. If I succeed, then my boss should take the credit for that success, that win. And and that will change your attitude about what you are doing when you go to work every day. And you better get it real clear in your mind. Your job is to ensure that your boss succeeds. And you do the things that will help him be successful in that journey. If you don't want to help your boss succeed, then you can see there is going to be a problem. It means you don't trust your boss. It means you don't like your boss. It means you don't think he understands the mission. It means that you want to be the boss. But the fact that his boss had selected him and not you means that you're not in alignment with the organization. And so you have two choices. Align with the organization and continue to be successful in helping your boss be successful or go find another job. It's so critical to have alignment. And it all begins with talking. Talk and be honest and have those crucial conversations with your coworker and with your employer. 
get that alignment and you'll be happy.